Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Yo, Aries, I had the weirdest dream the other night. I'm in a ping pong tournament, right? And I'm playing for the championship. And all the balls disappeared. That's when I thought about Rujin Men. Man, if you need to be game ready, Rujin Men is for you. If you've run out of balls, guess what? I got balls. They're not white balls like ping pong balls, but they're balls. That being said, you need a wingman? Well, I want to tell you about Rujimin. Rujimin is going to help you impress in bed. If you've got a long-term partner or someone new, you want to feel extra confident, you need to go with Rujimin.com and get yourself Rujimin ready. What's Rujimin? Rujimin is made from the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And you can get it prescribed online and shipped directly to your door. I know there's others out there that will do it, but why do you need Rujimin? Because it's the only product with a patent-pending formula that combines both the ingredients from Viagra and Cialis for optimal results. The dosage is customizable. Rujimin's patented sublingual delivery system. You place it under your own tongue. Allows for better and quicker absorption. It works in 15 minutes or less. Because when you're ready to play the game, you need to be ready to play the game. Rujimin tastes good. Soft mint, no chalky, bitter medical taste. And Rujimin is prescribed by doctors and made in licensed American labs. This is a call to action, man. Kind of like the Batman movies. When Commissioner Gordon puts the bat signal in the air and Batman meets Commissioner Gordon on the roof. In other words, put the Rudiment signal in the air, which is probably a pair of balls and a hard erection. And guess what? Men will meet you on the roof. Listen, do yourself a favor. Go to Rudiment.com right now and use promo code S15 for 15% off. Once more, that's Rudiment.com. That's R-U-G-I-E-T-M-E-N.com. And use promo code S15 for that 15% off. Be Rudiment ready. I know my balls are ready. Are yours? I'm going to say it like Monique said, since we're going to be talking about her, too. Hey, babies. Hey, babies. 
Yeah. This is a... We're off this week. Well, they're listening to this, right? Mm, We were off. Because we were supposed to be... Yeah, we're off this week. Yeah, yeah we're supposed, supposed to be so, San, 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 Jose. San Jose. Yeah, and, and San Jose got canceled. So uh, <clears throat> we're going to be actually in Portland at the Helium Improv the 25th through the next, 27th. Next week, right? That's, Is that next week? That's next week when they're listening to this. Next week, yep, the 25th through Fever, the 27th. no time is a good time for your love. You should have changed that to... Go ahead. No, we left uh, tickets for you. I, no, I was going to say, Farrah, Farrah, no time is a good time for you to finally show up. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was going to be no time. Uh, Farrah, Farrah, we left tickets. Oh, no, I, I, yeah. I just fucked it up. I can't yeah. do it. Let me see if I can put it all in there. Farrah, we left you tickets. Now is a good time for you to show up. Yeah, that's there, it. There that's you it, that's it. You were white, so your rhythm was fucked was up. Fucked up. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you was trying to squeeze Dude, not odd numbers w- into an even tune. Not only am I white, but I'm also Mexican. And you oh, s- so you was doing that weird we, hort, that music yeah. they dance to, that, that horn shit. That, yeah, that's the... Uh, right, with that, the big uh, cowboy hats and yeah, boots. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that. Uh, what yeah. it's called. Damn, uh, your dance was all fucked up. Yeah, because, you know, white dancing's bad, but that... Mexicans don't have the same rhythm like Puerto Ricans and have. That's a completely yeah. That's that. Uh... Yeah, you can't fuck to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you okay. can, but that's why there's a lot of kids. That's hilarious. Cum juice everywhere. You <laughs> <laughs> uh. release on the horn. There you go. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Um, first order of business. I had been telling you uh, to go to see this movie because it was highly recommended to me by one of our avid podcast listeners. Um, Wrath of Man yep. by Jason Statham. And, and we pulled a big boy move this week. To yes, we that. did, since things were reopening back here in California. We actually went to a, a real movie theater. Indoors. With popcorn and drinks. Uh, I think that's the popcorn that they made before the pandemic started. Mm. And then they closed down and they just left that shit in there. Because that was... It wasn't good? You didn't like it? I was so... so it was the saltiest popcorn I ever I had. put a lot of salt on mine, but uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. And they didn't have they didn't have all the drinks. Yeah, they were really opening back up. There was a lot of shit that was missing. No ices. Yeah, we got seats, but we ain't got no movies. <laughs> Come on, pay for these movies. Um, what'd you think of the movie? I told you uh, as we were walking out, there was a bunch of uh, leaps of faith in that movie. Uh huh. But Jathan Statham, man, listen. Good or bad? Him? Are you complimenting or you? I am complimenting him because he's a he, bad motherfucker you, boy. You know, and I know that he's playing the character that he plays. Right. But there. He must have when they write when he gets to the original script. Right. There's probably an extra thousand lines in his script, and he goes, "Nah, I'm not going to need." I'm those. Not going to say that, Mike. <laughs> I don't know that all of that line. I'm going to say it with my face. I'm going to say it with my face, <laughs> and everything's got a gravelly deliverance. So when I say it, you're going to feel feel. <laughs> Dude, right? Uh, though, because yeah. he doesn't have I, to I say to, it. I, I used to do a joke where I would go. Uh, that's a bad white boy. He got one of the most intimidating voices 
in action. Everything sounds like the beginning of an ass whooping. Like, I don't care how innocent it is. He can walk into an ice cream shop. And there's nothing more joyous and kid-like than ice cream. What's more fun? I want some ice cream. A lot of people like chocolate and vanilla, but I prefer strawberry. Quick, and don't put any sprinkles on it. You gonna mistake them? Yeah, that's bad. Like nigga, you was you was one layer of the wrong topic from getting kicked and stabbed in your eye socket with a vanilla cone, nigga. Uh, he's badass, man. Yeah, he. I mean, his the character was awesome. The story was well. Before you go to the story, let me just say, in speaking to how awesome he is, the, this 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 thing where Guy Ritchie is almost like he did it in chapters where the screen would be black yeah. and it would say whatever the thing was. And then within that, later on in that part, someone in the movie would actually utter those words. Yeah. That last one, not to give the movie away, but spoiler alert, was called Liver, Spleen, <coughs> Lungs, Heart. And when he basically gets the dude responsible for killing his son, it's so badass. He throws him the coronary report. And, of course, the guy that's reading it doesn't know what the fuck this has to do with anything. And he's breaking down. Son, son, the bullets did this to the spleen, heart, and blah, blah. He goes, what the fuck does this have to do with me? And, you know, we've seen this cliche movie shit where the guy's in his crib. He turns on a light or a light comes on. And there's the person who broke into their house unbeknownst to them. And fucking, uh, he's sitting there, Statham in a chair with this light and a pistol on a car, on a little table next to the chair. And he goes, it was my son. I want your spleen. I want your liver. I want your, what else was it? Spleen. Oh, oh, give me lungs. Give me your lungs. And then finally, up all the way. My son's name was Iggy. I'll take your heart. And then the music, and it was just, yeah, he delivered them lines like a fucking pro, man. It was almost like it was made for him. It it, it had to be, but uh, like, and, and I'm a I'm a guy. I'm I I like Guy Ritchie movies. I usually don't. I do because His movies be too weird to me, man. You don't like all the um, uh, Sherlock Holmes movies that he does with the. With uh, with 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 Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Never saw one of them. Really? Because even if it wasn't Guy Ritchie. Coming off Iron Man? No, man. It's I can't good. See. I can't nope. See. Nope. You're wrong. <sighs> You're wrong. It's good. And and who's the who's the dude that plays the sidekick? You and Mag- it's not you and McGregor. No, it's uh I don't remember. Jude you know. Law. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a different kind of dude. I'm telling you, it's good. It's good. Really? It's really good. Both? Both. All right, I might have to check that. They're, they're really good, but I like Guy Ritchie movies. But I'm going to tell you one thing that I realized at the beginning of this movie because at the beginning I was like, I'm going to hate this fucking movie. Uh oh. There's some banter. There's just very dialogue that's almost meaningless. That's just like, and it's not very good banter. When you mentioned it yesterday, I didn't know what to fi- how to put my finger on it, but then I thought about it and I went, "That's what it is. It's very GTA video game ish." Before the action happens in the game, that's the scene. Yeah, they say something. But you know what? In Guy Ritchie's movie, when they're European characters, when they have that accent, I never noticed it because they're in those movies as well. But they sound much better with an accent. And since I I want my money, auto edit. That's that's what Guy Ritchie, because he talks about Guy. And then Jason Statham comes in. He doesn't have his money. 
Yeah. But they do that. And right. I never know. But, but they're saying different things because they're asking for things that we don't have in this country. Like uh, he was just basically talking about coffee, hot coffee. And if it, if it was a European way, they would have, it would have been different. It would have sounded better. It would have sounded different. It would have been tea. It would have been things that I don't understand. So I would have probably accepted it. Yeah. Right. But when it was talking to coffee and is it hot coffee and it's not hot coffee, I was like, this is some bullshit banter that I don't even need in the movie. <laughs> and it's not even well written. So. Right. Uh, that's the first thing that I noticed in the movie that kind of, and, and uh, it threw me off. But then the movie gets into it and that all goes away. I will say this though, because it is a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, the style to go back and forth, beginning to end. All around, the, all the uh, two months earlier, five months later, that. Very Quentin Tarantino-esque in a way of how right. to tell a story from backwards to forward. Right. Um I had done a little bit differently. I'm not. I'm not saying that it wasn't good, and I'm not saying. I think that's great that if if, if that is uh, some Quentin Tarantino's left his mark in movie making. If that's if that's right. uh, if you if you see that in it, right. but did a great job in it. It kept me a little bit more uh, out of tune, and I think that's good. It, t- it kind of takes you out of balance when you they go back and forth like mm-hmm. that, and you're trying to understand and put everything in order, right? So that some of these little things might get missed that you you that right. annoy me. But there's a very there's a very uh, big leap of faith at the end that doesn't make any sense to me, and I right. have a hard time with that. But the character itself, I'd go that movie to see uh, to see Statham. Yeah, and you know, I I don't know how officially big he is, but he seems like a little guy. Yeah, he, I he, I thought I think he's short. Yeah, like a small dude, like you know, not as small as Kevin Hart, but smallish. But how? This is the thing that th- this is what really you know drives me crazy because I, I'm not. Look at me if you see me. I need to. I'm not a good looking guy. I'm not ugly. Like, I'm not going to make like children cry. <laughs> I might. <laughs> no, they'd like you for the beard. Yeah. But how do you be short and bald and still be hey, man, good looking? Listen, man. Well, I, listen, I don't know that I would say state them as good looking. Women find him very, He's rugged. They find him very attractive. They like the rugged shit. Like when you think good looking, in terms of straight looks, George Clooney, Clooney, or even better yet, what's the Baldwin brother? The one Baldwin brother. Oh, Alex Baldwin. No, no, that's the lead brother. That's he's a, a, oh. he, he was he was in the backdraft. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking you, about. The, the real. He's a pretty motherfucker. Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. He, that's handsome. That's cute. Gorgeous. State them ain't that. He's rugged. Yeah, that's old he Andy had, Garcia. Yeah, he, he has a he has a ruggedness. And then when you throw that, you know, that English flair and that voice. Yeah, that's 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 sexy to a bitch. But I threw Andy Garcia in on this conversation because he's in the movie. Yeah. And he has aged well his whole life until this movie? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I I, I he just got he got old natural his age weight we, yes and because when you look at him in the Untouchables yeah when he was a baby yeah it's like wow but he's fallen right in line with the I'm this not, is my age weight but he stayed a pretty handsome guy all right? through and then now he's he's an old he's an old man it caught up to him age caught up to him not badly not bad not like he's he's still in movies yeah and he's not he's not scaring babies. But he ain't, right? he ain't Andy Garcia anymore. Because we, uh, it was a while ago, but the last movie that I saw that he was still, what's the movie, uh, the first uh, movie with the ripoff movie where they steal his Ocean's, Ocean's, yeah. Ocean's 13. He still was 
very. He had the same. His the weight was almost the same, though. But his face was cleaner back then. He did. He does. His nose wasn't. Yeah. No. 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 Now he's aged now. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a shit on him. I'm right. just saying, right? You know, as you, as I've gotten older, now I'm watching the people that I was Dude, like, when, when they, when we were in the theater and they showed the previews, and I thought he was done being James Bond, Daniel Craig, because they announced Idris Elba is going to be the first black James Bond, but apparently they got one more James Bond movie coming out. I didn't recognize him at first because he looked old. Dude, he looked- I was like, that's Daniel Craig. Dude, I think he came out old looking though. He always, but he was also another one that was rugged. He got the his whole thing was that they were like, "Yo, of all the James Bond, he's the least good looking." Yeah, because he was the most rugged. Right, he was the most rugged. But now he looks like they he was rugged, and they left him out in the sun for too long. Women, how do you prefer your men' uh, skin, uh, smooth latex or ribbed for your <laughs> for your pleasure? It is fucking Jason Statham is ribbed, nigga. On our slowed up in you, you're gonna feel some edges. It's gonna be a wee bit rough. You can take it, honey. It's for your pleasure. <laughs> I don't go in smooth like those other boys. <laughs> it's in Braille. It just says, take that, take that, take that. <laughs> take, that take that, you wanker. <laughs> Come on, you slimy bitch. Um I like the movie, man. It, it it's got a lot of it's got a lot of man, man food on it. And edge. It's and a lot edge. of edge. But I gotta say, again, I've never been a guy Richie Buff. Uh this to me probably is my favorite movie by him. Uh the movie I couldn't stand only because I couldn't understand it was Snatch. Did you see Snatch? Yeah. Did you like that? Yeah, yeah, I did. But all these movies might take me uh, I have to maybe watch it a second time. So I can catch everything. Right. Because it's hard. Uh, it's hard when, when they're because it may sound normal to anyone in Europe, but here, right. that it's you know they said they say we talk fast out here. Well, even in the movie, uh, jokingly, uh, I forget what the what the character's name was, but the main uh, guy who was in, the main guy of the the, the armor truck place uh, who was in charge of everybody who eventually was in on it with the bad guys. Yeah, he even jokingly said something about to the one female in the in the in the unit about how he's got that sexy European feel. So, you know, again, to, to women who aren't English, uh, who are American, they hear that, and that's 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 a turn-on. It's not definitely not this. <laughs> but, and I'm going to go up in your roar. It's very different from, I'm going to slow it up in your roar. It's almost like you don't see the insertion of the penis coming. You just feel it, and before you know it, you go, ooh. When you hear, I'm going to go up in utero, you clinch, nigga. You embrace for what's going to make you go, ow. Uh, but I heard our accent is very sexy like in Australia. They like our accent. Yeah. Well, hey, again, America, goddammit, this is the way. This is the reason why they call it the American way. This is the way. I want to make love to you. You see how that sounds? Oh, my God, I want to have sex with you. <laughs> So you're asking me and telling me at the same time, I want to have sex with you. I want to make love. That does. <laughs> I could, you, know, you can hear the bra snapping. Psst. I want to make love. Could, it's very different. How, how do you, uh, you how? <laughs> how I'm slaughtered up in you like butter. How do you, like butter. You hear that? I'm, I'm slaughtered up in you like 
Uh-uh. How do you think your confidence would be affected if you had uh, an Indian accent? Mine? No, like anybody. Don't you think? Oh, dude. I, there's so many things I want to say to her, but I'm afraid she's going to yell help. <laughs> my, my biggest fear is that she will cry and run away or yell help. What woman screams help to? I want to put my hand up your skirt and, and diddle on your fancy. Oh, <laughs> that's welcoming. Oh, I want to put my finger in your snatch and diddle you. Slaughter <laughs> <laughs> a pin you like butter. But do women, women with an Indian accent don't speak that. You know, not- it, don't, it don't sound good either. But you know there's pussy on the other end of that. <laughs> so you'll take a gnat in your ear while you fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just got to keep digging in your ear to get it out. But Dude, that you ain't going to stop the stroke, nigga. You will relate everything back to pussy. There's I'm nothing. I'm telling you, it's the, it's the, it's the magical potion <laughs> that never fails, nigga. It never fails. What's your favorite cookie? Well, I like this one because... But, you know, when you eat oatmeal raisins, there's certain ridges <laughs> and designs within the cookie. It's like pussy. And the clit is like the raisin. <laughs> I'd love to taste your raisin. Um, that one great line in the movie when uh, Statham told dude, and who was, by the way, Josh Hartnett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this felt like a little bit of a resurgence for him because at one point he was that up and coming sexy Hollywood go to young dude. And I read somewhere where he kind of fell off because he had one of those weird things where he got disinterested with the business and took a break. And then when he finds out what most motherfuckers find out is think you can take a break, nigga, if you ain't an A-list star. Don't forget about your ass. Once you go out, there's no coming back in. So he's in this movie and, uh, you know, at first he's real cocky and shit, um, almost talking down to Statham. And then when the first robbery happens, this nigga shook to death. And Statham tells him, what was the exact word? I wrote it down. He said, uh, hey, try worrying about putting your asshole back in your asshole. Oh, that was such a nigga. <laughs> Worry about putting your asshole back in your yeah. asshole. Did you, but do you see how cool that sounded? Yeah. Try worry about putting your asshole back in your asshole. Oh, put your asshole back in your asshole. <laughs> nah, B. Sounds, sounds funnier, though. I that know. It does, scarier. That, that's, a, that's in a comedy. Yeah. It belongs in a Mr. Bean movie. <laughs> Coach, man, you got to talk to your people, man. Y'all people, is, y'all ain't got the smooth shit down. Oh, that is... I, I do like that uh, Hartman's character. They didn't try to make him... The good looking guy or anything like that. They actually underplayed it. They everything. even gave him the mustache. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's a wispy mustache. Yes. Uh so overall, I liked the movie. Uh I thought it was co- cool. I also didn't think Jason Statham tried to do any more than he should have or any more than he could have. Uh yeah. Yeah, so he's staying in his lane. Did you know I- I'm gonna say this because the last episode we just did was about Tyson, but right. you notice that there's a scene where you're behind uh, Statham, when the camera comes behind him, right. and he's kind of wearing just a t-shirt. Yeah, he's built a little like Tyson, a little bit short, stocky, short, stocky, thick neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Dude, that he would scare. He actually, I know he's an actor, but he would scare me if he was mad at me. Yeah, because he's got that 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 face. His his, his face, and he has yeah. the body that he looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
All right. So uh, I really don't have anything. Left That's it? To say. Yeah, about that. That That's was all it. you got on that movie? That was it. It was what it was. What did you think of the kid in the movie? His kid. His son? Eh. It's such a... That's I, a throwaway I know, part? Yeah, I know what his role was to move the story along and to be the motivation for him to kick all that ass. Um, but I could have cared either way about him as an actor or his performance. I do like at the beginning, I'm just going to say this, because I hate scripts that I know every... Because I, I got to be honest, towards the about three quarters of the way, I knew everything that was going to happen at the end. That's okay. that's what I do. I like breaking it down in my own right. head, and I'm like, "Yep, that's the, this. This is the guy. That's right. him." And it turned out to be exactly the way right. that I thought it was. But the beginning of the movie, I can usually get it almost at the beginning in the first like fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes of the movie. I know everything that's going to happen. Right. That movie was so jammed up in the beginning with how it happened and went down that I was confused. I was like, "Wait a minute, that who he would know? How does he not know that person?" Right. Um. I like that's what I that's when the movie got me when I was like really trying to break it down in my head to try to figure out and you couldn't I couldn't at the first at the very beginning right because uh, so much action happens at the beginning and trying to understand it that's why when it comes back to that third part and uh, or the when they go two days before the day board when you find out how it occurred mm-hmm. that's when they give you all those clues and I like that they took some of that movie out of there so I wasn't aware of everything that was happening right so I couldn't figure out the whole movie. At the beginning. Got you. All right. But it's worth the watch, y'all. Yep. Um, funny, not that it was on my list, but uh, I, uh, before we did the podcast, uh, I was going through my Instagram and I caught a little bit of this, I think it was AMC, uh, documentary about uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and his rise. And uh, it was a great fucking documentary. Uh and then after that, they was playing a documentary about Rowdy, Roddy Piper. And that was then, great. Yeah, and then that's when I came back here, and uh, you were in the middle of getting ready and setting up for the podcast. And uh, it just, it really just, for a second, just brought me back to home, because uh, that 80s era was so my era. Um, Hogan, Junkyard Dog, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Nikolai Volkov, Iron Sheep, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, fucking uh, God, Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair, Andre the Giant, uh, Mr. T in the whole first WrestleMania. And I was just, you know, saying to Andy, and I've said this, when, when I was a kid and I thought that shit was real, I thought that was the most spectacular shit ever, that you could jump off the top of a rope and then have a nigga wait there for three weeks till you smash him in the face with an elbow. <laughs> but I was a kid, so I didn't understand theatrics. Uh, but once I got older and found that that was fake, it took all the wind out of my sail to the point where I could never just watch it today. I don't care how crazy it is. I know it's not real. Okay, but the only problem with what you're saying is it is real. It's scripted, though. They still take staples and get hit in the back, and they get the elbow. I mean, they still get hit. Maybe not to this. But same all intensity. the most impressive shit, the high flying. I'm gonna throw you from one side of the ring to the another. You're gonna automatically bounce off that rope and into my arm that's stretched and waiting for you. When you think about how ridiculous of a notion that is, that that would never happen in a real fight. It's just too stupid to me. But. Uh, it, but they still get hurt, is what I'm trying to say. It's still a painful sport. They're they're still yeah, I guess. I mean, they talked about the injuries and hip replacements and how it wears your body down. I guess if you do anything for too long physically, 
Your body can only take so much. There, that's the word. It's a very. It's still very physically demanding. It's not. Okay. It's not. It's when you say fake. I, I don't. I just like to make the def, the clarification that the action is scripted and the idea is fake, but the 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 body blows and things are not. When when you get slammed to the ground, when they pick you up and slam you on the right, uh, you're still getting slammed. Yeah. A folding chair hitting you in the back is still a folding chair hitting you in the back. Yes, but my thing is. When you watch a boxing match or an MMA match or a UFC match or any kind of martial arts match, the winner is the real winner because yes. they earn that spot. Not because it was determined. In, yes, and I agree yeah, with that. And that that's, to me is like, what is the point then? Yeah, I agree. But that's, you know, that's really the first. Uh, this is kind of reality television. It's a scripted show. That's yeah. it's semi-real. But the reason it's funny for me is I'm defending this sport, right? And I was never into it because I was I'm older than you, and I kind of missed when it was real. Like if I would have been maybe five years younger, I would have been than into me. It. Then no, then five years younger than myself. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I was just like I was. I had already like I think I was starting college when it started getting really popular. Right. And was that in? Was it eighties? Yeah, I was eighty three. Okay. Uh, okay. I started. You know, I'm starting in college. Uh, I'm only concerned about like. Uh, I'm only really concerned about school and getting an ass. So that was it. And so right. that that didn't it didn't pull me back in. Had I been a little bit younger and I was in high school, you know, right. I, I probably would have been really into it because yeah. Uh, but I wasn't. I wasn't into it. And I, I, I'm almost depressed because when I look back on it, it looked like a very fun thing to be part of. I think it was. And I, and I mean, and, and the rise and the height of its popularity, especially in the mid to late 80s, you know, when it starts leading to cartoons and merchandising, you've 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 made your way. And I remember one of my very first Christmas gifts my father bought me was the Hulk Hogan workout set, and it came with two blue Hulk Hogan dumbbells, a, a jump rope, a plastic Hulk Hogan doll, and some of the headgear and stuff like that. And I thought that was the coolest shit in the world. Um, but again, once I found out it was fake, it just it it I knew the magic. Yeah. Well, I and I knew it was fake because that's just you know at my that's what I knew. So I I didn't get into it the same way. Right. But, but I'm going to tell you anything in entertainment that isn't controlled by an upper by people who don't do it. There's a better way of saying it. Mm -hmm. Anything that's not controlled by people who aren't actually in it in it is great, and that's what made wrestling great because it's controlled by people that. But Vince McMahon was always a very hands-on, sometimes even performer slash wrestler himself. Self. It was his baby. Yeah. So he was very much in it. But he wasn't controlled by a Hollywood media where they had to get certain kind of numbers and they oh, ran. Oh, right, so right. I see what you're saying. Anything said. that's done outside, entertainment that's done outside of like the Hollywood magnet is usually very exciting to most people. And to your point, when a lot of Hollywood people get involved... They fuck up the product. Hence, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, by the fucking way. Yeah, we didn't yes. even forget. We, we, we had two episodes and haven't even said that yes, yet. Yes, but now here we go. Dude, me and Andy, when we got, we, we were in Philly, and when we drove back from Philly uh, to New York, to New York, I can say one, it, it gave me chills because it reminded me, because I'm so far removed from Jersey and what used to be the early parts of my life. When we stopped to get gas, I, I got out the car and I took it all in. Oh, I forgot what this was like when we would take those drives from 
even if it was from Jersey where I live, North Brunswick, to go to Six Flags, it was a nice hike. Yeah. But if you certainly drove from Jersey to Philly, then from Philly to I think it was Ohio to eventually Indiana, where my grandmother lived, we would take those long trips and you would have to stop to get gas at those Some coast. Right. At those rest stops. Yeah. And it was like there's the gas station, but then where you go to use the bathroom, there's the fucking food court. Food court. And it was a Roy Rogers, nigga. And it was Roy Rogers Pizza Hut. I just went, holy shit. I wasn't even hungry and I wanted to order Roy Rogers just because it was Roy Rogers. Rogers. And I was just like, I forgot what this Jersey shit feels like, man. See, I I'm not from from the East Coast. I'm from Arizona. Right. So when I started doing work with you, I would, uh, and because uh, I, I'm very economical, and uh, because I am, I would take buses and trains. So that's when I started to notice all, and I would drive if I could, if right. I had, but that's when I started to learn about all this. And it's so cool because right. uh, it's just, when you travel here, there's accommodations, there's things for you. It's right. way different than when you're traveling on, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is very interesting. It's very, And I love when I take a bus and they would say, we're going to be stopping at whatever. And I, the very first time I got out and thought, oh, what, what we're stopping and we're going to just walk around and it's going to be a couple uh Things to throw some quarters in and get a coke, right? right. No, it's like a little like your food court, right? With Take a, a little break. break, yeah, yeah. Stretch your legs, go yeah. get something to eat, get back on the bus. But saying all that, to say this: so we go from Philly, we stop at one of those spots, we eventually get into the city. Uh, in which case, I, I got to give you shit a little bit about uh, driving. Uh, yeah, but, but not before, me. It wasn't me that was driving. I know, I know. But but let me get to what I'm gonna say. Uh, I check into the hotel at the Sheraton. And as we're walking to go to Del Frisco's for lunch, this big, tall, light-skinned, good-looking nigga passes me. I look once. I look twice. It took me a third glance, and I went, yo, that looked like the motherfucker from Justice League, Cyborg. And I tapped you on your shoulder, and I said, Andy, that looked like the dude that played fucking Cyborg, Ray Fisher. So I turn. I go, hey, Ray, Ray Fisher. He turns. I go, oh, shit, man, I'm a fan of your work. He goes, yo, man, I'm a fan of your work, too. We get to chopping it up. I introduce him to Andy. And, dude, it's me, Andy, Tara, and Ray Fisher on a street corner talking. And I was like, and this is where he crushed me. First of all, cool motherfucker. He was so cool. But then I go, Ray, please. I said, Ray, man, let me just tell you, brother, I've watched Justice League 18 times. And I'm going to be real with you, son. The first one, the Josh Whedon, they fucked your shit up. But when they allowed you to breathe in this one and it told your story and Ezra Miller's story, it was beautiful. He couldn't be more in agreement. And then I said to him, because I'm thinking this nigga, if anybody going to know it's him, he's going to have the inside scoop. Are they going to give us Justice League too? He said, nope. He said, Warner Brothers is so anti-Snyder. It's ridiculous. It, I just, I was, I wanted to cry. I just man. want to say you paraphrase because I don't want to, I don't want uh, Ray to have any issues with what you just said. Mm-hmm. So you didn't actually say it. That wasn't a quote. That was a paraphrase, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I just didn't want, but you know, dude is awesome. So I didn't know he was that tall. Yeah. And he's a good looking dude. Dude, his, I'm going to tell you something. So dumb. You ready for the, here? it's a white guy saying a dumb thing about a black dude. Dude, his hair had so much wave that it bounced me across the See, way. again, the fact that you would even know that is what makes you a GTA character, nigga. 
I could just see you in the game saying something, talking shit, and you go, and don't you think I don't know you niggas with your waves and your black shit? You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to find that episode, nigga, where we were in Ohio, and my head was looking like Don King just woke up. And nigga, you called me on it. You was like something like you basically was like, nigga, what's up with your head? And it's about turning your lineup. And I was like, motherfucker, this white man just talked to me about my hair. How the fuck does he know? Man, I'm telling you. It was when he passed by though, and you said, I think that was was that and I what I was gonna say to you, but you were so excited, I was gonna say, I don't know, but he had nice I mean he had, waves. Yeah, right, he had right, really right. nice hair. And and he but he was just cool. He had a cool look when cool, he walked right, by us. Right. T-shirt, little backpack, sweatpants, and yeah. But you know how I don't remember names, right? And then uh, so Tara and I are standing there as you walk by, and I go, "Who? Who?" And I and and I go, "Who? Who? Aries is who? What do you yell out?" And he and she knew who he was. She knew his name, right? And I was a little, you know, Ray Fisher's Ray name. Them waves, man. <laughs> white woman know that good looking black man. Here's what's bananas though. So I'm in my room at the Sheraton. I'm on the 36th floor. I'm looking out the window, and I can see the fucking poster in Times Square of the Justice League. League. Yeah, yeah, that's right. How much of a big dick moment is that? You walk, and you look up, and there's your image. Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Ezra Miller, Gail Gadot in Times Square. And that's just you with a backpack on walking past your poster. That's, that's, that's the only place I would walk. <laughs> Stand right in front of that motherfucker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Acting like I was just there for no reason whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. No, he was really cool. He was really nice. He was nice to me when you introduced me to him. He and, and he made sure that he's it was just nice that someone took the time and said goodbye to Tara and myself. And you, right. it was it was he was a very nice guy. Yeah. I, I was surprised he was that nice, and I was surprised how open he was to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, but look, let's put it in its proper context. Excuse me, hold on. Uh oh, the digestion. Oh. Is about to occur. Oh God, damn! This usually doesn't happen until the emails. Um, yeah, no. Um, let's be honest though. Uh, if you had to go, yo, who are five of the top biggest name black actors that you could reel off of your tongue that have been in like project after project prior to his death? You could have easily went Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, what's my man plays Falcon? Um, what's his real name? I just can't believe you're not saying Denzel Washington. Just no, no, superstars. Oh, just I'm talking, just talking about oh, okay. guys that work often. Okay, but they're not. Denzel is an icon. Is Larry Fishburne an, an icon? He's up. He's up there. Okay. I, and Sam Jackson's up there. Okay, I mean guys that are young and steadily working. Uh, what, Mackie, Anthony Mackie, Falcon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You say Anthony Malkin, Mackie. If he didn't pass, because you know he would be working. He was already hot. Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan. And that's three. I'm sure I, there's got to be another two. I just not familiar with the names. But there's the dude I like to play is, uh, that played Basquiat, but I can't remember his name right now because I'm a, Jeffrey Wright. But he's a veteran. He's more of a veteran. I mean, but he's not, that, but he's not a big. He's not a household name though. But he's like fifty. Okay. okay. I mean, guys in their twenties. You're talking about younger guys. Younger guys. Okay. Prior to Justice League, what has Ray Fisher been in? I, I don't. I don't. Exactly. Yeah. So unless you're there, yeah. I'm not saying you still can't be humble. But when you only got one thing under your belt. One big thing. One big thing. Yeah. There's no cause for you to start acting like your dick is bigger than it really is. No, you're right. But you. But I, I wonder, had that been Ben Affleck, would he have been that cool? Dude, you know, if I'm Ben Affleck, why why wouldn't I be cool? Hey, man, you're a big time star. But what do you, what, you dated J-Lo. You know, you're a big motherfucker. He, ben Affleck is a big he, motherfucker. I heard he was back in J-Lo. 
Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Did I say that wrong? I think I might have said that wrong. I didn't mean back that. in J-Lo. No, nah, nigga, <laughs> that sounds right. He was back in J-Lo from the back. Um, but when you're a big-time star like that, dude, you know, you, you have every you, – you need a little reason to have an ego. I don't know that Affleck would be – he probably wouldn't have been a dick – but to sit and conversate with us, nah. Does he, do you think he sings Jenny from the from the back? I think he whistles it. <laughs> <laughs> I got terrible whistling skills. <laughs> do, you, do you think? Do you think when he throws it in a girl though, he goes, "I'm Batman"? Not without that voice. He has to have that voice. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> the worst would be Christian Bale. <laughs> Scared of That's how you get a charge. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Ray Fisher was cool. Fuck a dude. Uh, I never seen you so excited though, dude. Really, honestly. I mean, you're passionate when you talk about Tyson. You're right. passionate. I seen you be passionate before because I loved that movie. I know. And I loved. I loved how they let him breathe, and I loved his character, and I love a little bit of the fight that he's having, uh, which could be dangerous because he's black. But you know he he he's he had a little bit of a war yeah with Whedon uh, and some of the powers that be the Warner Brothers over racial issues and when you black in Hollywood it wasn't with Whedon he had the oh yeah it was with oh Whedon. yeah he, he he and even Gail Gadot said in an interview Whedon's oh yeah a little yeah, bit yeah. Of a dick. yeah yeah he threatened yeah, yeah. to destroy her career and Whedon's a little bit of an asshole so you know from brother to brother soldier to soldier always get nervous with niggas because. You go up against the machine and you black, things happen. So he ain't, he ain't out there enough to be waging war with niggas if he still wants a career. That's why I said you paraphrased what he said, not said it. Oh, okay. I know. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 It was just the, the general gist of what he said. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, for, about you, like I said, you were almost kid like. I, I, and I love this about this is what I love about you, dude, honestly. Um, you sell tickets. You are uh, you are a star in your own right. Whether you look at yourself at what level star, however you feel about yourself, that, but you have never given the uh, the excitement of who you are away. You never, like you said, would would, would Affleck be a dick? I don't know if he would be or not. I, I'm, I'm hoping he wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But for you to be on the street corner, see him walk by, and then you just went, is that? And then all but he's he's a good fifteen paces away, and you just went, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and then he turned around and you go Rafe and you went and you calmly went Rafe and you go man he you put your hands up and I was like right. that is so cool well, well, you- well here's the thing though here's what I don't know but I got I get the feeling that cool is cool and he just seemed cool and authentic so if he didn't know who I was and if he wasn't a fan of my work would he have given it back the same because when they know you and they're a fan of you, and they respect you. It's like going, "Oh shit, you're the boxer who boxes too." Yeah, we're both boxers. Come here, my nigga. It's love. Yeah. But if you don't know that, is he as receptive? No, I don't think he is because he. You have to be careful when you're walking down the streets in New York, and people just yell your name out. Right. But it wasn't like you yelled out "cyborg." You yelled. Yes. Out- See, that would have been the wrong fucking approach. Right. And now motherfuckers who will do that. Yeah. Hey, cyborg. Come here, nigga. I don't remember your name, but Cyborg. Right. And then that's when the niggas go, thanks, and keep it moving. That's when the guys come up to you, and it's very funny. And I'm telling you this because if you ever see Aries on the street, don't do this one. This this is the one that puts him off. And I think it's so funny when people go up to you, hey, man, I, I know you. Uh, 
You do the impressions, right? And you, then, well, what you was in? <laughs> Nigga, I, I'm, let me, I'm, hey man, let me tell you with enthusiasm. I was in, <laughs> nigga, if you don't know, then I'm, you don't know, Keep nigga. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> Damn. And the one that really fucks and pissed me off, and I, I, when people do this, I'll even let you know I'm pissed off without saying I'm pissed off. Oh shit, Ari Spears, man, you look tired. <laughs> That's a compliment, motherfucker. I look tired. What a rude thing to say. Maybe maybe he was trying to sell you some uppers. Maybe he's like, I got a, I got some, I got a pick me up for you. Oh, no, let's try. All right, um, the babies. I want to talk about the babies. I wish we had Kyla for this one because you showed me the post. Kyla's against you on this one. <laughs> yeah, um, Monique, comedian Monique, uh, sent out a post. Where she was at an attention before I even get into this. I'm gonna put the pussy signal in the air. Bitch badge alert. Woo, 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 woo. To CC, AB, Shamar, side seat. Bitch put the chopper. Deidre and Johnson. CC, um, and any other beautiful black queens I'm forgetting. I need y'all to email me. I need y'all help on this. I need y'all's opinions. Y'all know Monique sent out that post talking about black women wearing bonnets, hair wraps, scarves, pajama pants, and house slippers in public. And she she specifically singled out Atlanta, where I can say, as an avid traveler, I see this from black women in a lot of airports, but especially Atlanta. Uh... And I, I got to say, I think that's partly because it's Atlanta. It's a chocolate city. Uh, a lot of people live in Atlanta, leave out of Atlanta. Atlanta often can be a, what do you call it when you catch a, a hub? flight? A hub for your, cross, for your layovers. So a lot of bodies go through Atlanta. Um, and I got to say this, and I've said this. I hate with passion. Just as much as I do niggas that sag their pants, black women who wear these bonnets, scar rafts in public, um, for a lot of the same reasons that Monique said, and a lot of the, and some reasons she didn't say. Um, uh, you did say that Monique said it a lot more eloquent than she you might have. Yes, she, she has. And even in her eloquence, with her saying, my sisters to my queens... I say this out of love. And these are all things Monique has said. Sisters, queens, out of love. I just, and she said it as softly as she could. But her main point was, once upon a time ago, there used to be a time when black people would carry themselves with a certain amount of pride and dignity. Um, And we cared about our appearance, especially outside the house. And a lot of those things that are defined as houseware is for the house. And again, she said, and I will reiterate, I understand that the maintenance on female hair is a motherfucker, particularly black women. And you can't always doll your shit up and nobody's expecting you to do your hair as though you're going out to the club at night. But there are something, some things that you can do, maybe some hats or something you can wear where you look presentable. 
And my main thing with specifically, and she didn't say this, this is these are my words. What I don't like about the bonnets, especially the bonnets, it looks mammyish. It looks slavish. It looks lazy. And when you are a people, and I hate when black people say this, and a lot of them say this. I read it on, on the feed, on Facebook. I read it on Instagram. Who cares what white people think? Why we got to be trying to please white people? Fuck what white people think. It ain't about whether or not, whether what, what white people think. It's perpetuating a myth or a stereotype that we are lazy. We are a lazy people. And we know we're not. There's lazy people of all races. But this is a stereotype that has been perpetuated since the beginning of time. And, you know, when slaves was in the house, in the kitchen, serving the massa and making the biscuits and the lemonade and the drinks, they had them bonnets on. They had that look. And I, I, I think it's a horrible look. It's, a, it's, it's so unattractive. And I can't fucking stand it. For the same reason I can't stand to see niggas sag their pants. Who is this for? You look ridiculous. It's a ridiculous look. And there were a lot of black women that said, that's right, Mo, say that shit. Well said. Needed to be said. But there were a lot of black women that were pissed. Fuck Monique. Who cares what other people think about what's going on in my life? You ain't paying my bills. You ain't paying my rent. Fucking mind your business. We should be, we, 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 whether we like it or not, we're representative of each other to a degree. And all I'm going to say is this. Back in the Tulsa and the Oklahoma days, when black people had their own thriving communities and their own thriving lives and were successful, Part of that was how we looked, our appearance. We wore suits. We were elegant, eloquent. There's something wrong with not being that. Here comes the white guy's opinion on black matters. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is my floor creek conversation. You really want me to do it? You have to. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually start with the story from my life to make this uh, make more sense from my point of view. Right. Uh, my next door neighbor, uh, w- uh, the two young men that lived next door to me were Chris and Eric Washington. I talk about them sometimes in my set. Black, black. Yep. Uh, Washington. Yeah, I should have known. Okay, Chris and Eric. Uh, Chris and Eric were uh, they belong to uh, their strong church family. Mm-hmm. And because of their strong church family, they also had uh, people that would come visit them from the church from other cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, one particular uh, family came to visit them. It happened to be a white family that came to visit, uh, was part of the church, uh, and they drove a, a, a big bus that they lived in, and they were preaching gospel all over the country out of this bus, and it was a family. So they were staying at Eric's uh, parents' house. Um in the front, in their bus that they could stay in, and they were going using, getting to use the house as well. Um, I guess they did laundry, and uh, they took a, a rope, and they tied it. They would tie it to the bus, and then they tied it to Eric's parents' house, and then back to the bus to dry their clothes. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Eric's dad coming home because uh, we used to play basketball at Eric's house. They had a hoop, 
And uh, his dad lost his mind. And the reason he lost his mind, and kind of speaking to what you said, and to what other people said, we don't care what white people think. It's not. A, it, it's none of their business who wears their hat. I didn't think that this is a white thing, first of all, and I didn't think of Eric's parents thinking it was a white thing. But it was a respect thing that you don't hang your laundry, your underwears and stuff, in the front yard, because that's where it was. It was in the front yard, <laughs> in a neighborhood, because you have to have respect for yourself and your look and your neighbors and the people around you, and that was part of the respect of who you are. He was pissed. He lost his mind. Mm-hmm. He made them take that down, and the next day, I agree. They weren't staying there anymore. I agree. So, that being said, I would say I never saw it as a white black thing or uh, or bowing to uh, white America not to wear that. I'm so glad you said that because go ahead. I think it's a respect thing for yourself on how you want to present yourself to the world. Don't lose your train of thought. Go ahead. But I think that that's an excuse that some black people use for laziness is to go, fuck what the white man think. And, and I agree with you. And are there white people that may be thinking that? Of course. But they're going to think that anyway because it they're doesn't coming make a from difference. that place. Yeah, doesn't make a difference. That's- However, uh, it's more about what you just said. Speaking to what's right and presentable for the sake of your own, you know. It's from within you. Yeah, and 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 but 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 just to just to, to make an excuse for that laziness, they they use the white excuse because I never saw it as that. I saw it as because there's a lot of things we all do that we can do that are lazy when we don't present ourselves the way we would want. I'm not saying I I, I don't have you have more of a problem with the bonnet than I do because you're seeing it from a black perspective. I don't see it from that. Uh, I but I'm going to say but I'm, can I take can I take this up uh, a thousand percent? There you go. Uh, and this is going to get... Oh, hey, guys. Make sure, uh, if you use typewriter still, make sure you get the ribbon. Uh, brand new one, because you're going to have a lot to write about this. Um, this is going to get fucked up when I say it. There's things that represent an old way of thinking. Uh, and when you brought up how that was part of um, the old world where there was the the, the house a Negro... Can I say it that way? Would that be inappropriate? Am I, is that about as close as I can get to it without yeah, without no, without uh, coming in and serving? My, 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 my fists aren't clenched. No, no, and serving and serving the master. They would yeah. have the the bonnets and stuff. Right. And so that that to you that puts that back to a, a time period back in the past that right. is negative. Right. Almost like using the N word. When you say using the N word, you my black people using it? No. I, I, you don't do things sometimes to go back to that to that area. I don't think it's an, a white person's place to make a determination on the headwear that a black woman wears. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely about agreed. So that's why I'm being very careful right, on right. how I'm saying this because that's not what I'm trying to say. Right. I I'm not trying to associate this, and I'm not trying to make a determination on a, on a black woman. I'm going strictly off on what you're saying is. Is it homeware or is it outerwear? Should you be wearing it at the house or outside? And I think it all depends on your person and what you want to project to the world, who you are. And it's not who you are. It's just projecting. It's just you're wearing that. If you're comfortable in it, is it wrong? But on the other hand, 
if it's likened to something that is an old idea that makes other black people feel like, I don't feel that way. Is now, is that what you're feeling? Because I don't really know. Because I don't live in the same bubble. It just feels to me ghetto and lazy. Like, like I, I could never, and I, and I, I know it'll be easy to to want to say this, given the realistic situation. So I hate to use this example, but pre-rape Cosby, you never get the sense that any of the Huxtable kids would be seen in public with a bonnet on. Now, you might get a sense that the Evans would, the Evans family in Chicago a la good times. That's a, that's a good way of putting this. But the Huxtables would never be seen in public with bonnets and scar wraps, scarf wraps and pajamas and slippers on their feet in public. There's just a certain amount of class in which you carry yourself. And that's what I was trying to get to with the point where I said about the clothes on the laundry. It's about the class and what you want to project on your, of yourself to, your, to the world. Right. But I will say this too. We have, as a society... We have very much casual, casualized. I don't know if that's a word. Casualized how we look, because we're very comfortable wearing jeans and a t-shirt now to a nice restaurant. That wasn't the case years ago. As a matter of fact, if you look at old movies, the 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 homeless guy or the hobo, they wore a suit jacket. Okay. There was a time when you, even if you were poor, you had. Well, that also depends on on how nice the restaurant is. Because once upon a time ago, you could wear a baseball cap in Ruth Chris. Now they make you take your hat off. Now you still can come in with jeans and a t-shirt. But they at least make you take your hat off. Yeah, I'm just saying we have become very casual in our attire. And I understand this point. If it's 5.30 in the morning, what is the difference between wearing a, a, a sweatsuit and sneakers and wearing a sweatsuit sneakers and a bonnet because you are it's 5 30 in the morning you're not doing your hair until you get to where you're going because you're not going to even get there until seven o'clock in the morning so it's morning it's early what's what is the difference but i think there's something you can still do to where you don't wear a bonnet it's a it's it's just to me it's just the same sagging pants it's a bad look it just looks bad. I'm not disagreeing you. I'm really telling you it's like for me to use the N-word is the same for me to judge the bond. I don't have a place a place to, on this one because I, I really don't know. This is this seems a way more personal to the black it would community. Fe- it would feel like your place would be wrong if you came at it. If you said what I said as a white guy and went, yo, that shit looks slavish. It looked mammy-ish. There's the jaw-dropping, eye-popping, oh. <gasps> But when you phrase it about it being about presentable, representing your neighborhood, representing a certain level of class, you're well within your means to say that. I can say that, but I still don't. I can't really tell you that that bonnet had what level of class that bonnet's at. You can if you if you feel that way. You can. Do you know? Do you would you say that when you look at it, it looks wrong? I can tell you what it's where it was represented to me in in the history of this country. And that's what I spoke on. I said that's where uh, it was worn in the house when it was when some, when someone was serving their their. Uh... Okay, so so if in, in in terms of that context, 
There's a racial component to it. There is a racial component to it. And you feel like that's not your right because... Well, because if I can't... Being smart enough to know that I'm not going to use the N-word and being smart enough then in this moment to know that if that is... It, it, it falls under the same racial guidelines from a from a, a standpoint that I had nothing to do with, uh, that I don't have any really say in, then I don't have any say for or against. That's something that I think has to come from the community itself and how it wants to be seen. Because as you, as, as a black man, you use the N-word. And so if you have pride in that, in the way that you use it, why couldn't a woman have pride in uh, the bonnet? In, in, in terms of how she feels about her hair and how she wants to move through the world. And, and this is the part where it would be nice to insert a Kyla because she was all for the bonnet. And to have her opinion on it, especially being for it, would be a great, okay, maybe. Uh, maybe I see it that way now. Or still, I don't agree with you. And here's why based on what you said. But This is why sometimes it's nice when we can fill in those gaps. It is nice when you can fill in those gaps. But see, sometimes that's why it's nice to have someone who you call pandemic, who actually can look at both sides of an argument and pedantic, see, pedantic, pedantic and see both sides of the argument because they understand that there is more than one side to all arguments. <laughs> uh, look, it's very hard to have gay conversation without a gay. We talked about this with Bill yeah. Maher without gay representation. Right. Female conversation without female representation. Um, you that can, doesn't mean you, you can't have an opinion. But you, I think you can even have the conversation, but I don't think you could try to be definitive on the conversation without including who right. you are speaking on. Right. That's the proper word. Definitive. <sighs> Might have to put a pin in this one to be continued. Because I really would. Because when Andy showed me the post, I immediately texted Kyla and said, I said to her, girl... I wish you could be on this podcast with us because I and I put I spelled out so with S and like 15 O's. I so would love to have this argument with you. And she's responded, LOL, let's have it, damn it. Um, so yeah, and I know she I know and, and as only as she can would very eloquently and and with the utmost intelligence formulate this to where she would make a compelling argument. I still don't know that I'd agree with her because my stance is strong on how much I hate that. Um, but at least the argument could be made. So, same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> Have to see you next. See you on another one. I did not know headwear could get so floor creakish. <sighs> we live in a time now where everything is floor creakish. But you got it. You do realize, though, in the 1950s, men wore a fedora, a hat. Yeah, but in those times, it felt like those were the only clothes made. Okay, but you, when you went to inside the house, you took your hat off, right? And now, you, you wear your you wear a baseball hat everywhere, which is a sport hat. I mean, there was a definite difference between a a sport cap that you wore on a baseball field, right, versus a fedora. And when you came into the house or when you did anything that had any respect to it, you took the hat off. Right. So we, we, the, the rules are being rewritten right now. And it's how we want to write those rules. <clears throat> okay. <sighs> anything else? Nah. That's, a, that's, that's enough dumb words from the white guy. Oh. I was trying to find a good way to say it, and that's how I get pussy. 
but I'm still trying to perfect the timing on that. Well, is there ever a bad time? To say, and that's how I get pussy? No, to get pussy. Uh, yeah, when she says, no, he, no, he. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, how he I get pussy. pussy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, uh, let me see who we got. Who's up on deck? Uh, let me try this motherfucker here. <clears throat> All right. This is from Eric Vintage Music. Uh, album leaks, ericvintage.bandcamp.com. Social media, Instagram at Eric, E-R-I-C-V-I-N-T-A-G-E. TikTok at Eric, E-R-I-C-V-I-N-T-A-G-E-L-A. Facebook.com slash Eric Vintage. All the YouTube links. All right. uh, This song is called Soul. Um, Okay. So uh, enjoy. That's coming from you from the A&A in Cincinnati. A&A in Cincinnati. Look. To another day I find a way Shake off the blues and haze and blaze Thinking about yesterday's yeah. Feeling crazed from the night before We might be wrong For some of what we do But I'ma live so you can find me gone Play my morning songs Till I find the groove to match The mood I'm at Like latitudes and longitudes To Google Maps Blue and black Dodger hat Camel in a white tee Like he's on my feet Make my cipher complete Kick my days off Serve a man some trees Cause that's what he needs To put his mind at ease See this mother feed From powder dreams I see the cycle Feel responsible to some degree But let's be real They get it somewhere else If it wasn't me, no time to try to teach him, no time to stop and think. Made a call to great studio for all so we could link. Hello, I got some dough, I need to drop some shit. Turn this dirty money into something really positive. Yeah, it's like that, and it's like this. It's like that, and it's like this. It's like that, and it's like this. It's like that, and I Look, all I give you is that golden arrow on the mic. You hold your music out, my shit exclusive, awful tight. I hit the booth with vibes and lift your mood all through the night. And make you feel the groove, it's like I do this, cause I do this right. Uh, so I can show you what improvement like. For fear of failure, I'll be blind, I see no guiding lights. And I see plight, so I speak light. I don't think twice, I only pray she'll see my shot, so I'm. In the studio making beautiful musical notes Cause it means more than life to me to do this dope And so I do this dope And then I light my bowl Turn up the volume till I feel that music in my soul BS with chasing tech until that week comes to an end Hit the partner off with his ends Yo, till we meet again Then I'll be gone like the wind with my golden pen Chasing every dream, every win, every hopeless end uh. Every hope is like that and uh, 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 It's like this That's how I get pussy. (laughs) 